well, 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 look at here. It's time to fry some fish. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 522 of this here electronic engineering podcast called Amelia's Weekly Fish Fry, brought to you by eejournal.com and written, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Amelia Dalton. IoT interoperability is the name of the game this week, my friends. Sujata Nidig from NXP joins me to chat all about Matter, the single unified application layer connectivity standard that was designed to help developers to connect and build reliable, secure IoT ecosystems, and also increase compatibility in the world of smart home and smart building devices. This week, Sujata and I are chatting all about the IoT interoperability issues Matter is looking to help solve. We also discuss the topology of a Matter network, two new wireless MCUs within NXP's Matter portal portfolio and where matter is headed in the future. Also a little later on, keeping with our sensor full theme, I investigate new seaweed-based biodegradable and edible health sensors developed by a team of researchers from the University of Sussex and how these new sensors could change the way we experience personal health care. But first, please welcome Sujata to Fish Fry. Hi, Sujata. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Amelia. Nice to talk to you. Okay, so first off, we're talking about matter today. But for my audience who may not know, what is matter all about? And what kind of IoT interoperability issues is it looking to solve? And this is a great time to have the conversation because we just had the Consumer Electronics Show a couple of weeks ago, and Matter was everywhere. So Matter is a new smart home protocol that has been developed to create this common language for smart home devices to speak to each other. So that means all devices in your home can speak the same language to each other. And what that means for consumers is that devices across brands will just work with each other, not only across brands, but also across different smart home ecosystem or platform providers. So whether you use an Echo in your house or a Google Nest Hub or HomePod Mini or a combination of all of the above, Matter will enable all of these devices to just work with each other seamlessly. That is fantastic. Now, when it comes to a matter network, Sujata, what kind of topology are we looking at? Another great question. So when you think about your home and all the different types of devices you have in your home that you want to bring intelligence to, you'll have a range of different device types and to deliver that real smart home experience. And so to break it up in the way matter looks at it is that you've got end devices that are very power sensitive. So these are mostly battery operated devices. Think about like contact motion sensors in your home, door locks, things that run off of batteries. You also have devices that are part of the network that are powered that help create the network and transmit and route data through the network. So those are what I call more like edge devices that they're on the network. They're not in the cloud. They're at the edge in the home. And usually those would be powered devices. Now, Matter builds this local network in your home so that you don't rely on the cloud to control your lights. And that 
means that you can have automated responses and immediate responses, regardless of whether your internet is up or down. And you also get faster response times because it's not having to, the data is not having to go through the cloud, but it's, there's still value in having the local network connect to the cloud and to be able to take data in and, and do higher level processing and responses. So in a matter network, it can bridge to the internet through Wi-Fi or through a thread border router. Wi-Fi, like I said, is the language that devices speak to each other and how matter connects devices to each other is matter leverages known technologies. So from a wireless perspective, Wi-Fi is used for devices that are transmitting or communicating large amounts of data, for example, streaming audio or streaming video like security cameras. But then if you're talking about the low power sensors, Thread is a low power mesh networking protocol. And that's what would be used for those types of devices to build this mesh network. The devices that are on that mesh network, the Thread devices, the way they interface to the Wi-Fi or internet is through a Thread border router. And then the last function that Matter defines is There are already devices in people's homes today. So Matter does not want to obsolete devices that are in your homes today. So device manufacturers, for example, if you have a smart lighting brand of choice in your house, that lighting will probably have a hub associated with it. And what Matter defines is to add this bridge functionality to a hub that bridges the non-IP-based devices or the legacy devices into the Matter network. So that's called a bridge function. So it allows those devices to be seen on the Matter network. And then the last thing about a Matter network is you would have a Matter controller. And that can be an app on your phone or an app that's running on the voice assistant or your smart speaker of choice. And that's what allows you to add devices onto the network. So Sujata, NXP just released two new wireless MCUs with your Matter portfolio. One is a tri-radio wireless MCU, and the other is a multi-protocol wireless MCU. So can you give me some details about both of these new MCUs? Absolutely. So back in October, we launched our Matter development portfolio of platforms. You know, I just described all the different types of devices that are in a Matter network, and to create those devices, they need different types of solutions. For a battery-operated sensor, it has to be very low power, very small form factor. For a gateway or a thread border router, um, there's a lot more complexity involved in managing the multiple networks and would probably also have a richer user interface. So we break up our matter solutions into two main categories, a standalone architecture where there's a single MCU that does the application and the wireless connectivity. So matter and thread, matter and Wi-Fi plus the application. And then the other architecture is a hosted architecture where you would have the wireless components and then a separate processor that hosts the application. And within the hosted, we have two offerings, one that's where the host is an RTOS-based MCU and one that's a Linux-based MPU or an applications processor. So we already launched these platforms in October. And what we announced in December is that we're always going to be pushing the edge and bringing new products out into the market and integrating that into our Matter solutions. So the two devices that we announced cover the range of these different device types and support these different architectures. 
the K32W148 is a wireless MCU that supports 802.15.4, which is the radio that's used by Thread, and also Bluetooth low energy. So for matter over Thread devices, it's a perfect fit because it provides that capability and it's a single chip solution to build sensors. For those more complex applications like the bridge, if you're bridging in a ZigBee network, you also need to support ZigBee in the hub or the bridge. So the K32W148 supports ZigBee and Thread because it has what we call a dual pan feature on the radio. And so you were able to support both networks with the single radio. And then the other device that we announced is our RW612. And this is really, really exciting. It's the industry's first tri-radio wireless MCU. What that means is it has a tri-radio on it that supports Wi-Fi, Thread, and Bluetooth and BLE. And that's all done in a single chip inside a monolithic silicon. And by combining those three radios in a single chip, we do the work around the Wi-Fi coexistence and how these three different radios operate around each other. And then we added an MCU to that same chip. So it's using one of our MCUs that's based on the iDynamics RT crossover processor. So high performance, low power MCUs based on Cortex-M class core. And that's integrated as well. And this really enables designs like border routers and gateways to add thread and matter functionality to existing designs. One other example of what this RW612 enables is on a single chip, it can run matter over thread, matter over Wi-Fi. And because it has the higher processing capability with the separate MCU core in there, it can also do local voice control. So NXP has the voice intelligence technology and we've implemented and demonstrated that on this new device to be able to, instead of saying, hey, Google, or hey, Siri, you can say, hey, NXP, and it and it does the voice control locally. And so those are the two new devices that we announced. And besides that, they both support Matter. Another key aspect of both of these devices is we've embedded more security IP in them to enable security in IoT devices. So they have hardware security acceleration for key and certificate management, um, secure boot, hardware crypto engines, um, including AES and hashing. And these are required by Matter because Matter creates a secure local network. And what we have embedded in these MCUs enables our customers to develop secure solutions for Matter. Excellent. Now, I saw you guys released a bunch of cool Matter-related smart home designs at CES this year. So, Jata, can you give me some examples of your favorites? Well, so, you know, we don't build the end product, right? So what we had is a virtual smart home demo that's running Matter. So in our demo area at CES, we have our virtual smart home showed everything from the end nodes to the gateways and thread border routers and the matter controllers. And it was running devices on a matter, I mean, on a thread network and in a Wi-Fi network and having those devices talk to each other across both of those networks and being controlled by HomePod mini, as well as a Google Nest hub. For example, we had our dev kits acting with the K32W148 as a smart switch. And then we had a smart plug also that was based on it. And with the RW612, we had smart lighting and voice control. 
So we were able to demonstrate a full smart home experience so that if you wanted to control your devices from a number of different methods, you could. And also some automated capability. We had a contact sensor. And if that was triggered, then it would use the Matter network and translate from thread underlying network to Wi-Fi and turn on the audio on the smart speaker. So it was really exciting to see that capability in the demo be real, that you could use a number of different ways of controlling the devices. And it just worked. Fantastic. So, Sujata, where do you see Matter headed in the future? You know, there's lots of new products that were demonstrated at CES. And when I look at the range of products and the companies that are developing them, it's from all the regions of the world and from door locks to window shades to a AC window unit. So it's really exciting to see. And I think in the coming months, they'll be launched and be in people's homes And Matter also has announced that they will have biannual updates because Matter is at the application layer. It defines different device types. And so at time of launch for Matter 1.0, it has certain number of device types that it supports. So over time, we'll see more and more appliances and robot vacuums and many more be added to support Matter to really be able to enable that full smart home interoperable experience. Fantastic. This has been super cool, Sujata. But before I let you go, it's time for your off-the-cuff question. Now, since you haven't been on Fish Fry yet before, I'm going to give you my standard off-the-cuff. So, Sujata, if you could have one meal right now, it doesn't matter if it's on the other side of the planet, you need a passport to get there, the restaurant is closed, what would you have? Ah, I love this question. So many options to choose from, but I would say like if I had to pick what I would want my favorite meal to be and where I could be is if I could be in Italy and the hills of Tuscany with a margarita pizza and a bottle of some wonderful Italian wine, followed by some sort of chocolate dessert. (laughs) I love it. I love you included dessert too. That is fantastic. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's the most important part. <laughs> That's right. Excellent. Well, Sujata, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's been great to chat with you, Amelia. If you would like even more information about Matter, guess what? I've got the perfect Chalk Talk webcast for you. Oh, yeah. And it also features Sujata. And you can check out this episode of Chalk Talk called Matter and NXP by clicking the link below the player on this week's Fish Frying page on EE Journal, by checking out this episode of Fish Fry on YouTube, or by heading on over to the Chalk Talk section of eejournal.com. So, is seaweed the next big thing when it comes to IoT? Well, if a team of researchers from the University of Sussex has their way, it may very well be. So get this, this team of researchers have developed a new kind of sustainable seaweed-based sensors that are completely biodegradable and edible. Well, they may not be that tasty, but you could eat them. So how do these new health sensors stack up against other health sensors? 
quite well, actually. Researchers on this project found that their sustainable seaweed-based sensors actually outperform existing synthetic-based hydrogels and nanomaterials when it comes to sensitivity when used in wearable health monitors. Okay, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. First, the seaweed. These researchers found that when they added a specific amount of graphene to a seaweed mixture, that they were able to create an electrically conductive film. Next, they soaked that seaweed graphene film in a salt bath. And because that film rapidly absorbed water, the result was a soft, spongy, electrically conductive hydrogel. This team contends that this seaweed graphene-based hydrogel could very easily be used in applications like clinical-grade wearable sensors, and that it would look kind of like a temporary tattoo or feel like a second skin. But this solution, unlike other sensors on the market or in development, it would be entirely made out of natural ingredients, would also be lightweight, safe, and easy to apply. Another important aspect of this new sensor is how it would improve overall patient experience, because there would be no need for potentially invasive hospital instruments, wires, and leads. And even better, this team has also trialed these health sensors. This isn't just research paper fodder. No, these new sensors exist and they're getting ready for prime time. Dr. Sue Baxter, Director of Innovation and Business Partnerships at the University of Sussex, says this about the future of these health sensors. She says, What's also remarkable for this stage of research, and I think this speaks to the meticulous groundwork that Dr. Boland and his team put in when they created their blueprint, is that it's more than a proof of principle development. Our Sussex scientists have created a device that has real potential for industry development into a product from which you or I could benefit in the relatively near future. Wow. Okay, so one of my favorite parts of this story is actually how Dr. Boland, a materials physics lecturer in the School of Mathematical and Physical Sciences, who led this research, came up with the idea to use seaweed. Now, I can't explain it as well as he did, so here's what he says. I was first inspired to use seaweed in the lab after watching MasterChef during lockdown. Seaweed, when used to thicken desserts, gives them a soft and bouncy structure, favored by vegans and vegetarians as an alternative to gelatin. It got me thinking, what if we could do that with sensing technology? For me, one of the most exciting aspects to this development is that we have a sensor that is both fully biodegradable and highly effective. The mass production of unsustainable rubber and plastic-based health technology could, ironically, pose a risk to human health through microplastics leaching into water sources as they degrade. 
as a new parent, I see it as my responsibility to ensure that my research enables the realization of a cleaner world for all of our children. Oh my gosh, you guys, I love this so much. So if you want even more information about this groundbreaking research, I've included a couple links in the YouTube description for this episode and on the landing page for this week's podcast in EE Journal as well. Hey, have you checked out EE Journal on social media yet? Well, you should. You can find us at facebook.com slash eejournal. If you're into Twitter, you can monitor our tweets at eejournaltfm. And don't forget, if you would like to follow my personal Twitter account, check out Amelia D. 1978. And hey, if LinkedIn is more your thing, I absolutely understand. You can follow us or me on LinkedIn as well. And we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash eejournal. Folks, it is chock full of all kinds of techie videos, including our very popular Chalk Talk webcast series hosted by me. (laughs) And you can subscribe to our EE Journal YouTube channel as well. And by clicking the links below the player on this week's Fish Frying page, you can subscribe to this here podcast through Spotify, Podbean, or Apple Podcasts. And remember, if you'd like to further support this podcast, please leave me a review on that podcasting platform of your choice. Also, if you'd like any further information about the stories covered in today's show, just head on over to eejournal.com and look for this week's fish frying page. Thank you everyone for tuning in. If you know of any cool new technology or heck you just want to chat, shoot me a line at Amelia, that's A-M-E-L-I-A at eejournal.com or post a comment on our forums on eejournal. For the week of March 10th, 2023, I'm Amelia Dalton and you've been fried.